0: Good morning, everyone.
1: Listen to me, child of God. You must understand that when you believed in the Son, in grace you forever stand. Jesus death as satisfied and through faith in him you got peace with god you got peace with god oh you peace with god yeah peace with god reconciled to the death of christ you're the object of god's love Rest upon the Savior's word, and eat the bread that's from above. Hold on to His promises, be assured, and don't you doubt that you got peace with God. You got peace with God. Yeah, peace with God. You got peace with God. Don't have to worry anymore. God and you are no longer in a war. You are in God's family, in grace, God's giving freely. Rejoice in all that He has given you. must understand that when you believe in my Son, in grace you forever stand. Jesus, death has satisfied, and through faith in Him, you got peace with God. You got peace with God. Oh, peace with God. Get yeah, peace
0: with God All right good morning again and uh, if you could turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 and uh, I'm gonna hang up the guitar right back with you as we continue our study of the book of Ephesians and in particular we wrap up our study of Ephesians 2:15 uh, this morning by noting as you can see on the board uh, in Ephesians 2:15 that Jesus Christ, creative activity established peace between Jewish and Gentile Christians who constitute the new humanity as we'll be seeing in verse 16 as we begin that study uh, next uh, this coming Tuesday next week so let's uh, let me hang up this guitar right back with you Okay. Good morning again, and uh, and if you haven't done so, go to Ephesians chapter two, verse one. We're going to wrap up our study of uh, Ephesians two fifteen, as you said a few moments ago, by noting Jesus Christ's created activity, established peace between Jewish and Gentile Christians, who Paul asserts is the new humanity in Ephesians chapter two, verse sixteen. This will constitute our one hundred sixteenth hour in Ephesians. And, uh, so, uh, uh, just for those who might be new, I like on Saturdays, I like to kind of do a little bit of, uh, introduction, uh, tell people who we are because there's always new people popping in, whether it's through our podcasts, our webs, various websites or whatnot. So, um, we're, my name is Bill Wenstrom, a pastor ordained in 1998 at a church in Massachusetts called Grace Bible Church. Um, I, uh, I've had, uh, I was in Iowa for two years I, in August of 2001, I had the uh began the first of two church plants there. Uh I left the first one in 2010 and started another one in Marion, Iowa. The other one was in Norway, Iowa in the Cedar Rapids area. And I left there in 2019, the Marion church, and then uh I was in Massachusetts for 3 years, almost exactly 3 years, pretty much uh and um I was basically there to uh, take care of uh help my father with my mother who had, has dementia. And so uh, she, uh, when she went in the last year, was basically, uh, just with my father because my mother, we had to put her in a nursing home eventually. Uh, she actually almost died. But, uh, so she's in a nursing home in, in the, my hometown, of Norwood Massachusetts and my father sees her every day. And, and in fact, I was, I called on the phone. I talked to them actually the other day. My mother doesn't remember who I am or anything, but talks a lot of ragtime at that point in the stage of the disease. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so we, uh, so I, I, I continue the ministry. at Winston Bible ministries uh, in uh, Massachusetts without a congregation in front of me. So we, that's why we're kind of basically um, since 2019 of August, uh, we basically went from Bible ministries is really pretty much online. But we have a lot of people throughout the country and the world that uh, that support the ministry and follow the teaching and whatnot. And also, I'm the pastor of uh, back in uh, about a year and a half ago now, and and I think I accepted it in May of uh, 2022. Is uh, the pastorate in Doctrinal Bible Church here in Huntsville, Alabama, where I'm located and broadcasting about a half mile down the road from the church. We're located there at Doctrinal Bible Church at 1215 Russell Street Northeast in Huntsville, Alabama. And like I said, I'm just about a half mile down the road. I could walk there. And uh, so we have classes uh, for Western Bible Ministries Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, as you can see on the board for those who have the video. Uh, and uh, at Doctrine Bible Church, I teach on Wednesdays at 6:30 p.m. Central Standard Time is Alabama's on Central Standard Time. And, uh, and also on Sunday mornings, tomorrow we'll be uh, we have two sessions on Sundays, two hour long sessions with a break in between. We start at 9:30. We're usually out of there by uh, before, around noon time before, before noon time. Now on uh, the first Sunday of each month, at uh, Doctoral Bible Church, we observe the Lord's Supper, and here at Winston Bible Ministries, we observe it on the first Saturday of uh, each month. And uh, so, we're, I'm an expository; it's an expository type ministry. Both of them are. Um, we go through that means we go through the different books of the Bible, verse by verse, paragraph by paragraph, book by book. We alternate between Old Testament and New Testament. And uh, so, currently, here we're doing Ephesians, and in between books, like before we did Ephesians, after we finished off Jude. Uh, we did um, a series on pastor teacher and the gift of pastor teacher and then with doctrine bible church on wednesdays i do the different doctrines of the christian faith and uh, many of the ones that i've taught here at once i taught over there and right now we're in the day of the lord series uh, with um, on Wednesdays evening, Wednesday evenings over there, at Doctoral Bible Church, which is going very well, and then on Sundays we're in the book of Habakkuk, a book we did back in two thousand and one here at Western Bible Ministries, and we're in the final chapter, chapter three of Habakkuk, and the and uh, the Divine Warrior Psalm. Uh, we're in presently in the midst of that, which talks about the tribulation period, the second advent of Christ. It's a prophetic poetry with allusions to the. Uh, great feats of God in the Old Testament, like with the Exodus generation, delivering her from the bondage of in slavery to Egypt and, and Pharaoh. And uh, so we're also, all of our courses, uh, all of our classes here at Winston Bible is a recorded video and audio. We have, our main website is wenshrim.org, and, uh, and also we have uh, Logos Bible sermons, it used to be called Faith Life sermons, is where we have, our, we have MP3s, MP4s, put there since Ju- uh, uh, August of 2019. And uh, all of my written articles are at once.org in PDF format, uh, like the different doctrines of the Christian faith are um, organized in the different areas of theology like pneumatology, the study of the Spirit, Christology, the study of Christ, whatnot, eschatology, the study of future things, prophecy. And uh, also, uh, we have various uh, studies on different personages in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, Greek word studies, even in prep school material. So we have a lot of stuff there. And then... uh, on, um, with, uh, with the uh, podcast at uh, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, search for us under Wentstrom Bible Industries you'll find us. And in fact, if you Google me or Wenstrom Bible Mysteries, you'll see all the different websites. We also have a website at Academia EDU, where, uh, which is, uh, since 2017, which is absolutely blown my mind about that's been really amazing. Um, because, uh, it's got great analytics that I can tell who's reading what, and they can contact me, and everything's fantastic. So, the uh, we're in with Wenst, uh, with Academia Edu. I put over 700 of my written articles up there, and so uh, we're in like we've have over 900,000 views. We just passed 900,000 views, almost a million views there at uh, Academia Edu, and we're in the top 1% of views, and uh, so, which is pretty cool. And uh, so, uh it's amazing. We have there's countries all around the world that read my material, and that's not just for academia. You that's in Western Bible ministries as well. So I don't care if we have Russia, China, uh, um, everywhere in Europe, with different nations, and in the in the, in the Pacific Basin with China with the China. No, as I said before, Korea, um, Pakistan, India, a lot of people over there, and of course America. So uh, it's uh, in Europe, and it's quite uh, fascinating. Israel, and so that's uh, pretty cool. And that's uh, so. uh, Also, um, we record our classes at Doctoral Bible Church. Right now, we don't have any uh, uh, video. We will soon have video, but uh, we just record the audio in MP3 format. We actually put those classes uh, for on our podcast at Winston Bible Ministry. So you'll see those classes. They'll say uh, Doctoral Bible Church, Huntsville, Alabama, beside it, the title. So. Um, so you can listen to the classes I teach here over here at Doctrine Bible Church live. So if you listen to those and you ho- listen to this, it's much more dynamic and I'm, I'm probably more, I, I'm much more animated with the audience in front of me. Uh, right here, I'm just, just talking to the camera, but, um, which is kind of interesting. I, 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 my, the guy who turned me on to the Bible uh, years ago, my, the, the guy who really inspired me was Jay Vernon McGee, he was on the radio. I remember listening to him on the radio, and he did that with just an engineer in his, in, you know, th- through the Bible and stuff. And he had just an engineer in front of him, but uh, on the radio. And uh, it's funny to listen to those recordings, but then you listen to him in front of an audience. Uh, it's like, a, he's like, it's like, it's like totally different. It's much more powerful and dynamic. So if you want to, I think, uh, I mean, not that these classes aren't great. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm enjoying doing these classes and they get a great response. But if you, if you hear me live or go see me live, with the, with the whole church, all of us there, it's a, it's a lot more fun, and you know you a group of people, with uh, that are filled with the spirit, have the dwelling of the spirit, and it's it's pretty in- pretty cool, pretty intense at times. So also, I have uh, write my own uh, Christian material, Christian songs. So uh, we also have a YouTube page. Uh, the YouTube page has a playlist of all our different collection of songs, and also different subjects we've done since 2011, since we've been on YouTube. Also, the music is also on our Wentzum.org page as well. So I like to do a collection of 14 songs. And uh, we've uh, done... Um, um, we're actually... I, the last one I finished was back in 2018, uh, when I, just before I left Iowa. And now I'm just, I've started in on a new collection of songs. I've got three done so far. i got one I need to finish off the lyrics, get, get some lyrics and melody for. But... Um, yeah, so, so I'm working on that, so keep that in prayer. And I'm also I'm trying to get my music professionally recorded. I got a, a young man here in Huntsville that has, um, who uh, is pr- my producer for two for of my, st- my songs so far from the 2018 Rejoice collection of songs. And uh, so they sound great. And when yeah, I might play them here one time uh, through, the, um, through uh, one of these classes, before class. Instead of me playing live here, I'll let you hear my uh, songs the way they sound professionally recorded. It's pretty cool. So uh, keep that in prayer because we need money to do that. So I'm, I'm just as money, if I have enough money to do a song, I, 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 I do a song. And uh, so uh, if you'd like to give to the ministry, uh, you can give through PayPal on our website, Winston.org. Just hit the donate tab. And also uh, people send me a check uh, from, uh, you know, to the mailing address here at Western Bible Ministries where we're located at uh, 603 O'Shaughnessy Avenue, Northeast, Huntsville, Alabama, 35801. It's on our website. And uh, so Do- Doctrine Bible Church, again, is at 1215 Russell Street, Northeast, in Huntsville. So I think that's about it for the announcements. You know who I am, where we, uh, where we're, uh, what we're all about. So let's take a moment of silent prayer. We take a moment of silent prayer to examine ourselves and determine if we're in fellowship with God because any mental, verbal, or of sin that we knowingly commit will cause us to lose fellowship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But according to 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins to the Father, He, God, the Father, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, in other words, he purifies us from each and every wrongdoing. We maintain that fellowship by obeying the Spirit who speaks to us through the scriptures which he's inspired. And that's when we're obeying the commands of Ephesians 5.18 to be filled with the Spirit and Colossians 3.16 to let the Word of Christ richly dwell in our souls. So if there's anything that's bothering you, disturbing and distracting to you, do what First Peter 5.7 says. Cast all your anxieties upon the Lord because he cares for you. So with that in mind, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given to us another day to study your word. We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. We thank you, Father, for uh, all the blessings that we have temporally and spiritually because of our union with your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for giving us the victory over sin and Satan and his cosmic system uh, through uh, your crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, and session of your Son at your right hand. We thank you for delivering us from eternal condemnation, your wrath, and the lake of fire forever through faith in your Son giving us peace with you father and uh, we just uh, thank you father for uh, the work of the spirit in our lives from regeneration to resurrection we pray he would do a mighty work through all of us here today i thank you father for those who might be live or those listening to the recordings watching these things at a later date and i pray they would uh, you would use these recordings mightily i pray father that there be no problems with uh, youtube streaming video and our internet while we're broadcasting, thank you for the technology and the people taking advantage of it. And thank you for YouTube and their, what, the service that they provide. I also uh, uh, pray there'll be no problems with the recordings of the video and the audio and upload of, the, upload of these things to our various websites, podcasts, and media platforms that you've given to us. I pray you protect them from the evil one and use them mightily, and I know you are. Yeah. I also pray that you would help uh, your children in the audience, and I thank you again for them and the children that you purchased with the blood of your son, Jesus Christ at Calvary. I pray that the spirit would help each person in the audience to learn understand to concentrate and to carefully consider the passages and principles that we'll be noting here today uh, in order to make personal application i pray that each person in the body of christ will be spoken to as individuals and their own individual walk with you addressing the problems and difficulties and uh, whatever needs to be done for them Uh, speak to them as individuals and also all of us as a corporate unit in the body of christ I also pray if there's any non-Christians in the audience, I thank you for them and I pray that you would uh, at some point expose them to the gospel so that they can make a decision accept or reject your Son, Jesus Christ, the Savior. And we know that you desire all people to be saved and come to an experiential knowledge of the truth. I also pray that you would empower me uh, to, uh, through the Spirit to communicate your full counsel today uh, in a fashion that's pleasing to you and ministers to your people, of course. Help me to uh, do this with reverence, respect and power being sensitive to the Spirit's guidance and direction. I pray the Spirit would use me mightily as his instrument so uh, you could get the most out of the gift that you gave me at my justification. And I just pray, Father, that as with one voice, all of us can praise you and thank you and, and continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it is in his name we pray, amen. So as I said before the opening prayer, we're gonna wrap up our study of Ephesians 2.15. And we, this will be our fifth and final hour in the, in the verse. And the reason why it's taken so many hours is because of the content. And uh, we see today, we'll be looking at the fact that Jesus Christ created activity, established peace between Jewish and Gentile Christians. And as we've been pointing out, and uh, was it Ephesians chapter 2, verse 16? Uh, we'll, when we get to, was it, where was it? Um, no, in, in verse 15. I said verse 16 earlier before the opening prayer. The new humanity is actually referred to by Paul in Ephesians 2.15, okay? We've, st- we've studied this in detail. So, um, the new humanity is very important for us to understand, uh, uh, and it, uh, we should uh, understand, define ourselves by that, too. Uh, but to understand how we get, because of this, uh, we because we're the new, part of the new humanity, we're going to reign over this earth with Jesus Christ and uh, who is the last Adam and head of the new creation, the new humanity. And uh, so this is very important. And uh, so, um, you know, the in the church age, when the church age began, in June of 33 AD, and the, the day of Pentecost, as recorded in Acts chapter 2, Jewish believers in Jesus received the gift of the Spirit according to the, the promises that Jesus made, John 7, 37 through 39, and uh, in Acts chapter 1, uh, but also the Old Testament, promised in the new covenant in jeremiah 31 31 through 34 in particular jeremiah ezekiel 36 the gift of the spirit the forgiveness of sins and so we see that uh, gentile believers uh, shockingly to the jewish believers gentiles who believed in jesus christ like cornelius and his family as recorded in acts chapter 10 became a part of the new humanity as well and they received the gift of the spirit and the forgiveness of sins, just like the Jewish believers in Jesus. So this was a now the the whole thing about the church, uh, about the Gentiles getting saved, was not new. Was known about in the Old Testament, and prophesied about, and Paul alludes to this in Romans fifteen, a book we studied in the past, a long time ago. But uh, we also see that uh, it's more than that. Uh, the uh, Ephesians three, as well, when we get to that, uh, Ephesians three, Paul talks about. The fact that it was a mystery, the church age, and was not known to Old Testament saints. And what was the mystery doctrine was this, is that Gentile and Jewish believers were fellow heirs, fellow members of the body of Christ, and fellow partakers of the Messianic promise because of their faith in Jesus Christ, the justification, and union and identification with him through the baptism of the Spirit. That was not known. And so that's very important because... Um, Gentiles and Jews didn't have anything to do with each other. And as this passage in Ephesians 2, 11 through 22 is teaching us. Uh, the reason why is because of the Mosaic Law, really. Uh, the misapplication of the Mosaic Law by the Jewish people was a cause of hostility between the two races. But also, uh, the dietary regulations of the law. Where God didn't want uh, the Jews of Israel to eat certain animals, certain foods. He called them unclean. The clean they could eat, the unclean they could not. So these dietary regulations were much more than marks of identity. It was also to prohibit the Jews from partaking of uh, meals that were honoring the pagan gods that the, uh, the Canaanites uh, worship and the various uh, uh, indigenous people in the, in the land of Canaan at that time when Israel came and dispossessed her, those nations, and uh, under Joshua. And, and so... Uh, That's uh, very important. We understand why those dietary regulations were in place to keep the Jews from getting involved in the worship of foreign gods. And certain foods were associated with the worship of these gods. So that's why you had clean and unclean. Now, Peter in Acts chapter 10 had received a vision from the Lord three times that he could eat unclean animals now. Jesus said this in Mark 7 too. And uh, but uh, Peter had to be told three times in a vision that he could eat those things, and what he found out is that God was telling him you could go into a Gentile's home now. The implication was, and that's exactly what God wanted him to do because he wanted him to give the gospel to um, to Cornelius and his family. So, this was the beginning of the church age, which uh, with the baptism of the spirit, the baptism of the spirit is very important. Uh, those who study the series on the church with me um it's very important and the baptism of the spirit is uh, mentioned in 1 corinthians 12 13 uh galatians chapter 3 verse 26 27 28 and and, and romans as well romans 6 as we pointed out other places colossians and uh, we see that uh, the baptism of the spirit took place at our justification and what it means is that you at that moment you and i were placed in union with christ the last adam we were under, in con, under condemnation because of the imputation of Adam's sin and our physical birth, where sin is by nature and practice. But when we believed in Jesus, whether you're Jew or Gentile, slave or free, whatever you are, uh, you become a member of the new humanity under the headship of the last Adam, Jesus Christ. So, you see Paul talks about this in Romans 6, Colossians chapter 3 and 2. Uh, He says in Ephesians chapter 2, you're crucified, died, buried, raised, and seated with Christ. That means God looks at you and I as not according to our sins and transgressions, but crucified, died, buried, raised, and seated with Christ. Seated with Christ is very important, because that means we're at a place of victory. You know, and remember in in the passage in Daniel 7, 13, and 14, a book we studied in detail, it says that one like the Son of Man came up to the Ancient of Days and received the kingdom, and that's the Millennial Kingdom, and that Man, the one that looks like the son of man is Jesus. And Jesus referred himself as that son of man in the gospels more than any other description of himself. And then the ancient of days is the father. So you, Jesus gets this kingdom and he has the title deed to the earth. That's what the seven sealed scroll is in, in Revelation chapter uh, six. And so you and I now are his bride, we're members of his body. You know, he's the vine, we're the, vi- the branches on the vine. Uh, He is the stone, uh, the the cornerstone, where the stones of the building. We see this in Ephesians chapter two, as we get to the end of this chapter, and uh, there's all these types of metaphors to describe how inextricably tied we are to Jesus Christ. And Ephesians five talks about Jesus Christ and the and His bride, the church, where the church is the bride of Christ, and this is a new dispensation that was not known to Old Testament saints, that Jew and Gentile believers would be fellow heirs, fellow members of the body of Christ, and fellow partakers of the Messianic promise because of their faith in Jesus at justification and union identification with him through the baptism of the Spirit, which also took place at our justification. So you and I are part of the new humanity. We're in a place of victory. Uh, we've defeated sin, Satan, and his cosmic system positionally through, through what Jesus did with his crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, and session right in the Father, right? And we're going to be experience this victory over sin and Satan in this cosmic system when we're in a resurrection body, which is imminent. We get that that's imminent that we get that resurrection body, which is at the rapture of the church, which was a mystery. First Corinthians fifteen to fifty eight, not known to Old Testament saints, but now revealed to, by the Spirit to the apostles and the New Testament prophets, which Paul talks about, in Ephesians chapter two as well. So, uh, experientially, we can appropriate by faith this victory over sin and Satan's cosmic system by considering ourselves dead to the sin nature, the cosmic system of Satan and alive to God. That's what Paul talks about in Colossians 3, and he talks about this in Romans 6 as well. So uh, this is very important. When we say appropriating by faith, your union identification with Christ, that means you consider yourself dead to the sin nature and alive to God and dead to the cosmic system and Satan alive to God. Why? Because you've died with Christ and you're raised with Christ. And so this is exciting stuff. So we must be, we are a victorious, we're victorious people. In fact, we're overwhelming, we're more than just conquerors, Paul says, in Romans 8. And so we are part of what God's doing in history right now, where he's going to establish his kingdom on the earth at the second advent of his son Jesus Christ, when he comes back to defeat Antichrist, the false prophet, and the tribulation armies and imprison Satan and the fallen angels for a thousand years. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6 3, he says, Don't you know? To the Corinthians, that you will judge angels, and that's significant, people. So that you know, people. I know people in my life, and you probably do too, who make so much about angels and the devil and everything, and they're so occupied with evil; they're not occupied enough with God and His plan and His word. But uh, we, the the enemy, Satan, and you read the passage in Ephesians, Ephesians three that I've just been working on, in Ephesians three one through ten. The fallen angels of Satan, you know the the uh, the, 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 the the authorities and the um, what is it the, the in, in Ephesians chapter two, what is it, Ephesians chapter three? What does Paul call them? And the what's the translation that they use here for the in the Net Bible? Um, oh, the rulers and authorities. That's in the heavenlies. That's Satan and his kingdom, and, uh, and, his, and his and the members of his kingdom. They through the church, the, through the church, God is manifesting uh, uh, his, uh, his, his his sovereign plan to establish His Son on the earth and restore humanity to its rightful place, as rules over the works of His hands. So we are a part of something ma- massive that's going on in the world. You know, forget about what the world's doing and the entertainers and the governments and the politicians and the, God's doing something and you gotta understand, the people of this world who are unregenerate are deceived by the devil. Okay, Revelation 12 teaches us. They're in his power. And that's why we need to give them the gospel so that they can be delivered like we were through faith in Jesus Christ from that deception. So what the real issue is, what the reality is, is that you and I, the church, need to understand that we are a victorious people. And because of what Jesus did in the baptism of the Spirit, we can have a victorious life. And, and no matter what happens in this world, no matter what the devil the world throws at us. You know, you know, it's momentary light affliction. It's going to produce in us an eternal weight of glory. We've already won the victory, and it's just a matter of time before everybody knows. At the second advent, when we come back with rewards and a resurrection body to start the kingdom with Jesus, everybody will know who we really are the sons of God, and we are going to reign with Christ. And that is the death knell to Satan and his kingdom, and he does not want that to be known and he does not want anybody to tell anybody that. He doesn't want, He wants to suppress that. He wants to suppress the gospel. He wants to suppress the truth, and he would like to shut people like me and my mouth up right now because that's the, we know that this is the case. This is what God, this Holy Spirit, has taught us in the Scriptures, and it's exciting to know that you can get up in the morning. You have a reason now to get up in the morning because you're defined by who you are in, in Christ and not according to your sins and transgressions and, uh, you know, don't be, you know, I haven't talked to this young man who's battling sin like we all are, and he's so occupied with certain sins. I said, you know, that's what the devil wants you to do. You want you, God wants you to confess the sin and be occupied with his word. If you, you, you know, to be uh, Galatians 5, 16, you know, uh, you have your mind set on what the spirit's saying, not the flesh. And so uh so I said, you know, you should need to be more occupied with what God's doing and not occupied with your past. Because the devil wants you to look back at your past, feel guilty about it. And so if you're occupied with your past and sin, how are you going to be occupied with the Holy Spirit, what he's teaching you in Scripture? Your mind's going to be on one or the other. So you got to make a choice. So we need to understand and pay attention, especially in these these crazy times, especially in America. And with this up- upcoming com- coming election, there's all kinds of uh, things intrigue going on and talk. That's not very good for this country if some of this comes to tr- pass, but we know we can rise above it because we know why this is going to happen. Uh, we're like no other, We're just like every other nation in history, and, but the church in America can rise above that and see. We know the truth behind everything. We know there's a devil and he's got his wicked and his evil spirits who are waging war against the church us. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, people talk a lot about Israel. Yeah, he wants to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. That's obvious. We know that from scripture as well. But his real enemy right now is us, the church. Because, uh, you know, the, the nation of Israel, that plan for them and the 70th week of Daniel doesn't kick in until the church is removed at the rapture of the church. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul teaches us that. So everything's revolving around the church right now and what God's doing. So we need to orient ourselves to what God's doing. Uh, has done for us in the past what he's going to do for us in the future so that we can orient ourselves to the present and his doing his will so let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 we'll read the entire chapters we've been doing and uh, we'll look also look at my translation of chapter 2 of Ephesians and then we'll finish off our study of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15 so if you haven't turned there go to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 Paul writes, and again I'm reading from the Net Bible, says, And although you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you formerly lived, according to this world's present path, according to the rule of the kingdom of the year, the ruler of the spirit that is now energizing the sons of disobedience, among whom all of us also formerly lived out our lives in the cravings of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even though we were dead in transgressions and made us alive together with Christ, by grace you were saved. And he raised us up, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Why? To demonstrate in the coming ages the surpassing, surpassing wealth of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you were saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not from works, so that no one can boast For we are his workmanship, having been created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand so we may do them. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision that is performed on the body by human hands, that you were at that time without the Messiah, alienated from the citizenship of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you, who used to be far away, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace, the one who made both groups into one, and who destroyed the middle wall of petition, the hostility. When He nullified, in His flesh, the law of commandments and decrees, He did this to create in Himself one new man out of two, thus making peace. And to reconcile, them both in one body to God through the cross, by which the hostility has been killed. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far away, far off, and peace to those who are near, so that through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you're no longer foreigners and non-citizens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, because you've been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. And him, the whole building, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Now, uh, before we read my cha- uh, translation of chapter two, quickly, brief, briefly, by way of review, for those who are coming into this study late, and, and there's many that o- often do. With the various websites and podcasts that we have so that's going to happen so on youtube so ephesians is a circular letter uh, written between 60 and 62 a.d during paul's first roman imprisonment uh, which he was released from and uh, i say it's a circular letter because it was not just intended to the for the ephesian christian community but the various christian communities throughout the roman province of asia how do we know that well a couple of factors one in particular uh, the, the oldest and best manuscripts in Ephesians 1.1 1 1 don't have Ephesus, uh, the, uh, the best and oldest manuscripts. It's in the manuscript tradition, the word Ephesus, but not in the best and oldest. So that's significant. And also, we know that Paul, uh, he was in Ephesus for three years, Acts 18, 19 and 20 say he was there, and that's his home base. Yet we have no personal greetings in the letter. So those two factors are, are very important to understand. Uh, that uh, indicating we have a circular letter here, like 1 John was, which, by the way, ironically, was also directed to the Christians in the Roman province of Asia, but at the end of the first century AD in the last decade. Paul's writing this in the 60s of the first century AD. Paul's also the author, contrary to those who believe in a pseudonymous authorship of this letter. Uh, the early church rejected pseudonymity uh, emphatically. Uh, we see that uh, Paul makes this clear, and 2 Thessalonians, there was a false doctrine uh, going out, as we saw in 2 Thessalonians 2, that the day of the Lord had already begun, and some in Thessalonica, and the Christian community fell for it, and Paul mentions, even if somebody allegedly writing, says they're uh, writing from, uh, we're writing to them, writing to you guys, uh, and saying it's us, it's, uh, don't, and say the day of the Lord's already begun, you're to reject it, in other words, uh, he was, And then he says at the end of the letter, this is my authenticating mark to prove that I am the author. So he was concerned about pseudonymous letters and he was against them. This is supported by Irenaeus, uh, a church father. Uh, he, in his work on baptism, said there was a man, a pastor, who was posing as Paul, writing to a church, and he got excommunicated for doing that. And he was doing that, not from an evil sense to degrade Paul, but to build up his fame and spread it. And the church didn't accept it. So Paul's writing this. And the purpose of this letter, as we saw in our introduction, is actually to maintain unity experientially in the Christian community, in particular between Jewish and Gentile branches of the church. And uh, because there was culture shock, because they never had anything to do with each other. And now they're members of the body of Christ and having fellowship with each other, meeting together in the worship services and now this and eating their meals together. So this was culture shock for both of them as uh, attested to by what Paul uh, uh, Peter did in Acts chapter 10. So we see that the practice of the command to love one another will pr- will maintain that unity that was already established at the moment of justification through the baptism of the Spirit and will be perfected in a resurrection body at the rapture and the resurrection of the church which is imminent. So we see here that he's writing to Gentile Christians. Paul says they're Gentiles as we read in Ephesians 2.11. And he also, uh, to express his solidarity with these people, he being a Jew, uh, with his use of the first-person plurals and the second-person plurals in the first two chapters of Ephesians where he vacillates between the two, it's basically, as we saw in our last class on Thursday, to uh, promote solidarity between the, the Jewish Christian community and the Gentile Christian community, with Paul representing the Jewish Christian community. Fascinating book. So, let's look at Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verse 1 in my translation. Now, correspondingly, even though each and every one of you is a corporate unit with spiritually dead ones, because of your transgressions, in other words, because of your sins, each and every one of you formerly lived by means of these in agreement with the the standard of the unregenerate people of this age, which is the production of the cosmic world system in agreement with the standard of the sovereign ruler, namely the sovereign governmental authority ruling over the evil spirits residing in the earth's atmosphere, specifically the spirit who is presently working in the lives of those members of the human race who are characterized by disobedience. Of course, he's talking about the devil and his cosmic system. Verse 3, Among whom each and every one of us also, formerly for our own selfish benefit, conducted our lives by means of those lusts which are produced by our flesh, specifically by indulging those inclinations which are produced by our flesh. In other words, those impulses which are the product of our flesh. Consequently, each and every one of us caused ourselves to be children who were objects of wrath because of our natural condition from physical birth, just as the rest correspondingly caused themselves to be children who were objects of wrath because of their natural condition from physical birth. But because God is rich with regards to mercy, because of the exercise of His great love with which He loved each and every one of us. Even though each and every one of us, as a corporate unit, were spiritually dead ones because of our transgressions, He caused each and every one of us to be made alive together with the one and only Christ. Each and every one of you, as a corporate unit, are saved because of grace. Specifically, He caused each and every one of us as a corporate unit to be raised with Him. Correspondingly, He caused each and every one of us to be seated in the heavenlies because of our faith in and union and identification with Christ Jesus. He did this so that he could display for his own glory during the ages which are certain to come the incomparable wealth which is the product of his grace because of kindness for the benefit of each and every one of us because of our faith in and union and identification with Christ Jesus. Each and every one of you as a corporate unit are saved because of grace by means of faith. In other words, this never, this salvation never originated from any one of you as a source. It originated as the gift from God. It does not originate from meritorious actions as a source, so that a person cannot, for their own benefit, enter into the state of boasting. For each and every one of us, our is creative workmanship. For each and every one of us has been created by means of our faith in and, and union and identification with Christ Jesus in order to produce actions which are divine good. These God prepared in advance so that each of us would conduct our lives by means of them. Therefore, each and every one of you as a corporate unit must continue to make it your habit of remembering that formerly each of you who belonged to the Gentile race with respect to the human body, specifically those who received the designation uncircumcision by those who received the designation circumcision with respect to the human body performed by human hands, each and every one of you used to be characterized as without a relationship with Christ. Each one of you used to be alienated from the nation of Israel's citizenship. Specifically, each of you used to be strangers to the most important promise, which is the product of the covenants. Each of you used to not possess a confident expectation of blessing. Consequently, each of you used to be without a relationship with God and the sphere of the cosmic world system. However, because of your faith in and union and identification with Christ Jesus, each and every one of you as a corporate unit who formerly were far away have now been brought near by the means of the blood belonging to this same Christ. For he himself personifies our peace, namely, by causing both groups to be one, specifically, by destroying the wall which served as the barrier, that is, that which caused hostility between the two, the two races and the two races with God. In other words, by nullifying by means of his human nature, the law composed of the commandments, consisting of a written code of laws, in order that he might cause the two to be created into one new humanity, by means of faith in himself at justification, and union and identification with himself through the baptism of the Spirit at justification. Thus, he caused peace to be established between the two races and the two races with God. In other words, in order that he would reconcile both groups into one body to God through His cross. Consequently, He put to death the hostility between the two and the two with God by means of faith in Himself at justification and union and identification with Himself through the baptism of the Spirit at justification. Correspondingly, He, as a result, came proclaiming peace for the benefit of each and every one of you, namely, those who are far off, likewise, peace to those who are near. Consequently, Through the personal, intermediate agency of himself, each and every one of us is a corporate unit. Namely, both groups are experiencing access by means of the omnipotence of the one spirit to the presence of the Father. Indeed, therefore, each and every one of you as a corporate unit are no longer foreigners to the covenants of promise, that is, foreign citizens, but rather each and every one of you as a corporate unit are fellow citizens with the saints, that is, members of God's household because each and every one of you as a corporate unit have been built upon the foundation which is the communication of the gospel to each of you by the apostles as well as prophets. Simultaneously, he himself, Christ Jesus, is the cornerstone. On the basis of it, and that's the the, uh, temple of God, being continually fitted inextricably together by means of justification by faith and union and identification with Him, the whole building is growing into a holy temple by appropriating by faith union and identification with the Lord. In other words, by appropriating by faith your union and identification with Him, all of you, without exception, are being built together into God's dwelling place by means of the omnipotence of the Spirit. Now, like Ephesians 2.14, and Ephesians 2:15, we pointed out in previous classes that verse 15 contains three assertions. Uh, the first one is sarki ton mona tone and en and which means, in other words, by nullifying by means of his human nature, the law composed of the commandments consisting of a written code of laws. The NET Bible translates that first statement in verse 15, when he nullified in his flesh the law of commandments and decrees. The second assertion we pointed out is actually a Hina purpose clause. It's Hina, Tus, Duo, Ketise, and Auto, Ace, and Hina, Canaan, Anthropon, which means in order that he might cause the two to be created into one new humanity by means of faith in himself a justification and union and identification with himself through the baptism of the Spirit at justification. And that is translated, he did in the Net Bible, as he did this, to create himself one new man out of the two. And the final assertion is, poion erenain, which translated by myself as, thus he caused peace, to be established between the two, and the two with God. The Net Bible translates it, thus making peace. Now, the first of these three assertions, as we pointed out in previous classes, is actually in the form of a participial clause which presents the specific means by which Jesus Christ personifies the peace that now exists between Jewish and Gentile Christian communities and God and these two groups amongst themselves. And we saw that this particular participial clause states that Jesus Christ personifies the peace by uh, this peace by nullifying by means of his human nature the law composed of the commandments consisting of a written code of laws. He's speaking of the law, of course. The second assertion we pointed out presents the purpose of Jesus Christ doing this. And it states that he did this in order that he might cause these two groups, Jewish and Gentile Christians, to be created into one new humanity. And the means by which he did this was by means of faith in himself for justification and union and identification with himself through the baptism of the Spirit, which again, took place at justification. And the third and final assertion is also in the form of a participial clause as we pointed out in previous classes. And it presents the result of Jesus Christ causing these two groups to be created into one new humanity by means of faith in himself at justification and again union and identification with himself. It states that he caused peace to exist between the two and God and peace between these two groups in relation to each other. Now, again, as we noted, the, the third and final assertion in this verse, like the first assertion, is in the form of a participial clause. And again, it presents the result of Jesus Christ causing these two groups to be created into one humanity, new humanity, by means of faith in himself and justification and union and identification with himself through the baptism of the Spirit. And again, it states that he caused peace to be established between the two groups and the two groups with God. Now, the word for peace, erene, it not only speaks of the peace between Jewish and Gentile Christians, but also by way of implication, it pertains to the peace that exists between both groups in dealing with each other and God. And how do we know this? Well, it's indicated by the fact that Gentile Christians could never be reconciled to Jewish Christians until both groups are first reconciled to God through faith in His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. And this is indicated by the contents of Ephesians 2.16, which we read and uh, and, uh, asserts that Jesus Christ reconciled both groups into one new humanity to God through His substitutionary sacrifice on the cross. So, the verb poieo, in this third and final uh, assertion in verse 15, which again is in the participial form, this verb poieo, which is in participle conjugation, uh, it pertains to causing something To come into being, or come into existence, because the word actually refers to the actual final, uh, actual achievement of a final result. Let me repeat that: the participle conjugation of this verb poyao, which is uh, translated by the Net Bible as with the word "making." Okay, so this verb pertains to causing something to come into being, or, or or existence. We could say, because the word actually refers to the actual achievement. Of a final result. Now the referent of the masculine singular form of this verb, the subject, is Jesus Christ, of course, and a reine is the word peace. Functions as the direct object of this verb, so that indicates that the direct object is is uh, the subject. Uh, the the direct object is uh, receiving the action of the verb. So this would indicate that um, peace that now exists between God and the Jewish Christian, Jewish and Gentile Christian communities, and between. These two communities in relation to each other receives the action of being caused to be brought into existence by the creative activity of Jesus Christ. Now, let me say something here. Uh, What's very fascinating is, you know, the world is always looking for peace. Of course we are. Uh, Peace, the soul, everybody's looking for peace in their life, in their souls. Because people have guilt, they've had a lot of bad breaks. They've had a lot of trials and tribulations. They've had a lot of crisis. They've had a lot of disappointments and uh, failures like we all do. But uh, only Jesus Christ can give peace to the whole soul through faith in himself because at the heart of our problem is sin. And so when we believe in Jesus Christ, all of our sins are forgiven. There's your peace. And also, there's something that's very very applicable for the world that we live in is the world's looking for peace uh you know in our country we want to have peace in our country this always seems to be division and uh, all kinds of rhetoric and and people hating each other and and murdering each other and killing each other and not only in this country with each other but uh uh, with the uh, nations doing this, right? you know we, we in our country we you know the, the children are warring against the parents and the parents against the children and the, uh, the the women are against the men and the men are against the women and the blacks are against the whites and the whites against the blacks and you know and the Democrats against the Republicans and everybody's at odds, it seems like right? okay? There's only one solution for all this is is the peace that only Jesus Christ can give to this world through faith in himself and that's the only solution people you, they, they can do, You know, they can bring in the United Nations. The United Nations is not going to give the lasting peace that the world's looking for, that nations are looking for, and what do we want for as individuals? Here's why, people. Um, One of the the guys I admired when I was growing up is John F. Kennedy, okay? He had a big speech called the Peace Speech. He said something in this thing, in the speech, that I didn't agree with. Now, when I get a biblical perspective, he said the, the, the problems... Uh, that uh, we have are between nations and the Russians and the Chinese and the uh, Americans and communism and all that stuff is uh, man made. And so, you know, so therefore we can be resolved by men. No. The, at the root essence, the reason why the nations are having, having problems and the countries and the people have problems and there's injustice and there's war and there's disease and all these things that we, 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 we want to get rid of, right? At the root of all those things is that we're all sinners by nature and practice, okay? And the devil runs this world and he's opposing God. Don't blame God for the mess of this world's in. Blame his creatures, man, human beings and angels, okay? The only solution to these problems that us and us being sinners by nature and practice and the fact that there's a devil and he's deceiving the world is through faith in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ Destroyed the works of the devil, First John 3 8, with his crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection, session, of the right hand of the Father. When you believed in Jesus as a Christian, the Holy Spirit placed you in union with Christ, and he identified you with Christ in those events in Jesus' life because that gives you the victory over those things that are the problems, the reason why the world is a mess as it is. So, the only solution is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what the world needs now. So, Yeah, the the problems we have are not simply man-made. Yeah, we're part of the problem, but there's also a devil we can't see that's deceiving the world and is waging war against the church who is enlightened about this, what's going on in the world and the subterfuge and the deception, okay? That's being concealed from the rest of the human race. And we were blind too at one time because the veil was over our eyes one time until we had faith in Jesus. So this is very important that we understand. And when we deal with our neighbors and our and deal with, look at the world the way you know God wants us to look at it. We've got to look at it from that perspective, because that's the reality. Okay, so as we wrap up our study today, the participle conjugation of this verb poyeo functions in Greek grammar as a nominative of simple apposition. This means it is identifying the result of Jesus Christ, causing both Jewish and Gentile Christian communities to be created into one humanity by means of their faith in Him at justification. And their union identification with him through the baptism of the Spirit. It also functions as a participle of result, which indicates that the former identifies the result of Jesus Christ causing both Jewish and Gentile Christians to be created into a state of being one new humanity. And the present tense of this verb is a perfective present, which is used to emphasize the results of a past action that are still continuing. And in context, the past action is Jesus Christ creating one new humanity out of both Jewish and Gentile Christian communities by means of their faith uh, in uh, Him at justification, as well as by means of their union identification with Him through the baptism of the Spirit. And the results of this past action at their justification that is still continuing into the present is the peace that now exists between these communities with each other and with God. So therefore, the perfect tense of this, uh, perfect present tense, we call it, of this verb emphasizes the results of this past action, which took place at the moment these Gentile and Jewish Christians, were declared justified by the Father as a result of their faith in His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Now, also interestingly, the present tense of this verb is contemporaneous in time to the action of its main verb, which is the verb katizo, which means to create. And the present prodigal conjugation of this verb poieo, making, in Ephesians 2, 15, is actually subsequent in time, in a sense, uh, to the main verb katizo. What does that mean? Well, it indicates that this peace was established between the Jewish and Gentile Christian communities with each other and with God, is subsequent to or the direct result of their justification and union identification with Jesus Christ. Also, interestingly, in the grammar of the passage, the active voice of uh, this verb is a, a poyao, is a causative active which is significant because it indicates that Jesus Christ is the ultimate cause of peace, existed between Jewish and Gentile Christians and God, but not really directly involved in causing peace to exist between these groups and God. Well, then what is the the direct cause? Well, because he's the ultimate cause. Well, the direct cause is this. A comparison of Scripture with Scripture indicates that the Lord Jesus Christ caused both Jewish and Gentile Christians to exist in the state of experiencing peace with each other and God as a result of the Father declaring them justified through faith in His Son. Simultaneously, at their justification through the Spirit, He caused both Jewish and Gentile Christians to experience peace with each other and God as a result of being placed in union with Himself and identified with Himself. So, very fascinating. There we are. That's who we are, people. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a member of the bride of Christ, members of the body of Christ, future bride of Christ, you're gonna reign with Christ for a thousand years and during his millennial reign and on into eternity. You have through your position in Christ, you have the victory over sin and Satan in this cosmic system. And you can you, you can appropriate that victory that you received at your justification by considering yourselves dead to the sin nature and the cosmic system of Satan alive to God. What does that mean? Well, because Christ died. We were died with Christ, we're raised with Christ, and we're, and we're seated with Christ. That's how we're to look at ourselves because that's who we really are in reality. That's the reality. You know, the, the, the ultimate reality is going to be that. We, the world doesn't know who we are. Just like they didn't know who Jesus was. They crucified it, didn't they? And that's why you and I, because we're in union with him and identified with him, that's why you have trouble in life. Not always, you know, obviously we bring trouble on ourselves because of our own bad decisions, But a lot of that could be if you're faithful to God and obedient to Him, keeping short accounts with God, confessing your sins, a lot of it has to do with you are being persecuted by the kingdom of darkness because you're a threat. Okay, That's why you've had trials and tribulations. But again, momentary light affliction is going to produce in us eternal weight of glory and rewards at the Bama seat. And as John talks about in Revelation 2 and 3, some of us might be uh, over, uh, hopefully we'll be overcomers, and we'll have, uh, God, the Lord Jesus Christ will give us authority over nations, uh, various nations of the world, during, at his second advent in his millennial reign, because of what we're doing now in time. All right, remember, what you do now in time as a believer is gonna determine your rank in eternity. Not all believers are going to be in positions of authority in Christ's millennial government, only the overcomers. Everybody's getting in to the kingdom, but not everybody is going, meaning you're, you're part of the king, you're a bride of Christ, but there's going to be certain members of the body of Christ who are overcomers, who are faithful till death or the rapture, whichever comes first, and they will be giving positions in Christ's millennial government and having rulership over the nations. Read Revelation 2 and 3. So we have an exciting plan that's been mapped out to us, and don't be worried about, you know, uh, don't be occupied with what the devil and other people in the world and the Democrats and the Republicans are doing, Trump's doing, and Biden's doing, all this stuff, China, Russia. Be occupied. You know what? You, you are what the focus of history is. You're part of what God's doing in the world today, and the reality is you're going to be a ruler over this earth. In fact, you are positionally already, and you and I are. So, you know, you should be walking around as the, as the true celebrity, really, because in reality, you are. And of course, we all have to throw our crowns at the Lord Jesus Christ because really he's the true celebrity because we wouldn't have anything that we have without him. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to study your word. We pray this lesson. be a great blessing to you people bringing glory to you and your son,
1: Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.